Welcome to all of you to the Pastor Mike Trout Podcast. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Emily Langpaul. Hello. Hi, Emily. And we are honored uh, to have these three guests, distinguished guests, with us today. Yeah. Uh, let's go ahead and introduce them to everybody. Yeah. In our center screen here, we have Des Moines Police Chief Dana Winger. Hello to you. And <laughs> Thanks for being here. Yes. On our left there, we have Justin Lewis, community activist and entrepreneur. Hi, Justin. And to our, to our right, we have Pastor Michael Hurst with Elam Christian Fellowship. Hello, Pastor. Hey, hey. All right. Well, welcome to all three of you. Thank you so much for joining us. This uh, podcast, the whole purpose of it is pretty simple. We just want to have honest conversations about those places where Christ and culture intersect. And we're certainly right in the middle of one of those uh, places as a community, as a nation. Uh, and I think that these kinds of conversations are really important for us to have the conversations that we like to have here are unapologetically Christ-centered, uh, and so we want to start with a prayer in just a minute, but I've got a, I've got a scripture verse uh, that I want to read, and this is from the message translation of Amos chapter 5, and it is in your face, and I think we need some of this right now. God speaks through the prophet Amos, and he says, I cannot stand your religious meetings. I'm fed up with your conferences and conventions. I want nothing to do with your religion projects. Do you know what I want? I want justice, oceans of it. I want fairness, rivers of it. That's what I want. That's all I want. So we want to start um, this podcast by uh, opening up in prayer. Uh, Pastor Michael Hurst, uh, would you please uh, do us that honor of, of opening us in prayer? And I invite everybody who's tuning in right now to join us in prayer as well. Absolutely. The, the, the word of God is very clear. It says in Genesis, the 18th chapter, verse 14, it says, is anything too hard for God? The answer is no. So God, right now in the name of Jesus, God, make the crooked straight and the rough plain. Let the lions and the lambs lay down together. Let black and white lay down together. Let youth and adults communicate with one another. That is our desire. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Michael. Michael, we have known each other for a long time. Uh, two, yes, dec two decades of, of being uh, in ministry together, uh, our friendship. I, I hesitate to even say that these days, to say, you know, so here's, here's my African-American friend, um, because that's just too easy. It's way deeper than that. Uh, we are brothers uh, in Christ. Yeah. and. I thank you for your prayer. I thank you for your commitment. Justin uh, shares that same commitment. And Chief Winger, actually, Chief Winger and I, before I even knew you were a police officer, Chief, uh, we were both uh, sports dads uh, at school. Our, our sons are in the same class. And uh, I would see this guy and we would chat and I had no idea what he did. So uh, I, I know him as a, as a good Sports dad, not the overbearing kind who's, you know, like in, in their kid's face all the time, but the supportive, encouraging sports dad. But that's another podcast for another day on, uh, on sports parents. Today, we're talking about something much heavier, uh, much more relevant to where we're at uh, as a culture right now. That verse that I started with uh, before Pastor Hurst's prayer from Amos, it's not... It's not that God is against us meeting together religiously. It's not that God doesn't want us to have projects and, and goals. It's just that relative to justice, those things are mm. 
just irrelevant. Those, those things are so secondary to the cause. And my concern uh, amongst Christians and uh, amongst churches in this time and place is that we would, out of all sorts of bad motives, fear, concern about what people will think, whether or not it fits in with somebody's politics or their worldview or their perspective on things, that we would be silent, mm. that we would not have the courage um, to do what we're called to do without question mm-hmm. as Christians, which is to uh, to give voice to the voiceless and to, to speak uh, and to cry out where we see injustice and then to shut up and to be silent in those places where um, we just need to step back and support and listen. And so we want to do a lot of that today. Mm -hmm. Um, I just wanted to give those introductory comments so people know the spirit of this conversation and and where we're coming from. And the fact that three of you are here to talk about it uh, tells us everything we need to know about who you are and the integrity of what God is doing in your hearts and in your minds and in your souls. So Mm -hmm. thanks again for that. The way we do this is we start with something called a a two-minute drill. So here's our friend Khalil with the the two-minute drill invitation. Emily's got some questions for you guys, and the the first one's going to go to you, Justin. Yeah, the first one is, what do protesters want the world around them to hear? Say that one more time. Sorry. Oh. What do protesters want the world around them to hear? Uh, Their voices. Um, I think the protesters and the youth, definitely, because we have some very smart youth out there, Mm -hmm. um, they just want to be heard. They want their solutions taken and acted upon. Um, we can't no longer drag our feet on their demands because they're very reasonable. Um, they they have solutions and they're, they're able to walk leadership through it. And, um, I, I think we're in a time where, um, yeah, we, we just can't drag. We can't stop. We, and listening is just not good enough. We can listen. Um, and they know you've guys been listening, but they want action. Yes. So Justin, you've been, you've been, uh, You've been there, uh, front lines in the in these protests, uh, and I've been following that on Facebook, and I've, I've been talking to Michael, and uh, I know you've been there too, Michael. What? Wh- how would you describe for people who maybe are are not familiar? I I grew up on the on, on the north side of Chicago, went to public high schools there, and there was a prejudice there, and there was a racism there that I would call malice. When I moved to Iowa, I started to realize there's a prejudice and a racism here, but it isn't always so malicious. It's just mm. unaware. It, it's, it's, we don't, there isn't enough listening. There isn't enough action. I'm glad you, you added that to it. Justice doesn't just mean talking. Justice mm. means walking. Uh, yeah. What would you say to people who don't understand why people want to protest? Talk to us about that. What, what's, what's, the, what's underneath it? Right. Um, well, let's, 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 let's start off with the conception of this country. Like this country was made off of protests, right? Um, we have been given that right to petition our government and, and demand change. So I think we all have agree, agreed on that. I've had uh, one conversation on Dana saying, yeah, we support people assembling and, and speaking their truths and, and getting that out to the people. Um, so now let's, let's, let's look at the, the creation of this country. Um, this country, let's be honest, and I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Um, this country was built off of the, the bodies of black people. So that's the start. And then, then they were freed 
And then they have to go through uh, um, the Birmingham bombings and, and the fight for freedom and the fight for the just rights. Like our, my, my family recently, some of my elders, they just got the right to vote back in the 60s. So like, yes, we are making progress, but you got to remember these stories have been passed down to generation and generation. They haven't been forgotten. And, and we are still experiencing injustices and people are voicing their concerns, but they are falling on deaf ears. And that's why I'm saying, yes, you can listen, but the people know you're listening and it's falling on deaf ears. So what's the next step? Action. So hopefully that kind of gives you some context. And I know our, our schools haven't done the best job of educating um, um, our Anglo white Americans on what has happened and conspire through black history. Our black history is shared in the shortest month of the year. <laughs> it's February. Um, black history is American history. So that should be ingrained throughout the curriculum. I just, uh, in that one month, we should be celebrating black people. Um, so yeah, I guess that that's just a, a sample of it. I can go on for hours about this, but that's, that'd be a sample. And I, I guess, Pastor Hurst, do you got anything to yeah. Add into that. I was I was just gonna ask that, Michael. What what would you say? Thank you so much, Justin, uh, yep. for that. That's that's really really helpful, Michael. You grew up in Detroit. Uh, you've been yeah. called by God to to serve in Des Moines. You do so faithfully. You've done so for a long time. Uh, tell us, uh, based on what you just heard Justin say, your experience. What would you add to that? What what would you do to to, to color in some details there? What what else to say? Yeah, um, you know, and and I'll try to flush this out a little later. Um, you know, but for the African American, it's just it's like it's just us. It's just us who get injustice. It's just us who get killed. It's just us who get racial profile. It's just us who get followed by the police. It's just us. And as Justin say, you throw all that history on it's just us. Now we're saying no. <laughs> and and we need to have this conversation. Uh, and and I think it's not just us. It's all of us. We're all humanity. And if we can just get to that point where we do a, a biblical foundational teaching, love thy neighbor as thyself. And so it is all of us, but when we don't experience that, then we just think it's just us and not just us. Oh, y'all will get that later. No, uh, I, 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 I got it right now. I, yeah, that, yeah, that's yeah, it. Yeah, you yeah, right now. You know, it, it, I seen Chief had it. Chief said, amen, y'all missed it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just us, but you know, Chief, when I see you and Emily and, and House, you know, when I see you guys, it's all of us when we see each other in public. Right. It's not, I don't feel like it's just me. Mm-hmm. I feel like we're all in this together. And right. if we can adopt that and let not racism be between us, but let all of us get the same just us. Mm. Preach it, Michael. That's that's it exactly. In Jesus' vision for his followers is that we would be one. We're not very good at that uh, in the church. We're we're not very good at living that out. Um, we end up making worship sometimes the most segregated hour of the of the week. Um, we we can do better. Uh, we need to see ourselves that way. Uh, all, all of that is true. And 
just as your your feed was coming out a little bit, it's funny how God does this. The next word that popped back in was love. And I want to dive deeper into that as we go to how important love is uh, and where that love comes from. The Bible says God is love. And the, that love is, to me, the only force powerful enough to lead us to this justice. You know, it, I, was, I was speaking dogs to... That's all right if dogs bark. And that's very... <laughs> see, this, did I mention this is an honest conversation, right? <laughs> so Justin's going to take care of the dog. He'll be right back. Uh, but we... I was, I was talking the other day to an elderly, an older man in our church. Um, he was messaging me back and forth because this is still the COVID season, right? So that's like the best conversations you can have sometimes. And he says, I just don't understand. Why, why, why all this emphasis on, uh, you know, African-Americans in, in being treated unjustly? And it, it's not so bad. You know, he, mm. w- he was speaking about it from a perspective. He's being honest about how he feels. Right. And I said, let me ask you this. I said, what, what is your ethnicity? What's your background? And he said, German. I said, what if this was happening? What, what if George Floyd was German? But it wasn't just George Floyd. What if it was a whole line of, of example after example after example after example of Germans being singled out? Mm-hmm. Uh, and those th- those cases continuing to, and, and then on top of that, Justin, as you said, there's a whole history of our country here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there, there's a whole history of the way we have have treated uh, minority races on this land, uh, and this this is something ultimately that love can't tolerate. Mm-hmm. That love has no room for. When I said that to this man, he's like, "Huh?" Yeah. <laughs> Basically, I mean, to paraphrase, he's like. Yeah, I think I'd be upset. Mm-hmm. I, I think I'd be upset if it was if it always felt like, and there were there were stories to back it up, and news stories over and over and over again that was always somebody who looks like me or has the ethnicity I have or has is a part of uh, of the life that I'm living or, or the 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 place where I've been and where where I am from. So justice comes uh, when love starts to break through, I believe, but. This we call our two-minute drill. I should have said earlier, there's no way we're going two minutes today on these questions, nor do we want to. Uh, we want to have a full um, conversation about these things. But that does lead into the next question, because there's another side of this. And Chief Winger, you're here. It's, I take that back. It's not another side. There's a, there's a, um, there's a whole other part of this conversation that we need to have, that we need to bring into the light. Uh, and that is that is our police officers, uh, those who are in the line of duty. So mm-hmm. with that, Emily. Yeah. Chief Winger, what do police officers in Des Moines want to say to those calling for justice? Well, uh, I think just, uh, Justin mentioned it earlier. Uh, we need our voices to be heard as well, uh, because uh, what started the, the events of the past week uh, it was uh, tragic. It was sad and it was criminal. And we want the people to know that we, that is one thing that we can all agree on. Uh, There's no doubt about that. In fact, that first video came out. uh, The conversations in our building uh, weren't, uh, you know, right or wrong, because obviously we all knew it was wrong. The conversations were, I wonder what they're going to charge him with, Hmm. because we knew it was criminal. We knew it was beyond just an accident or it was beyond just an excessive force situation, that was criminal. 
uh, we want people to know that we agree with you. Uh, we're 100 percent with you. In fact, the uh, uh, the first major rally that we had uh, about that issue, we worked with the organizer and helped him set it up mm-hmm. uh, in front of the police station because uh, what that police officer did uh, in Minneapolis, Minnesota, uh, painted the entire profession with a brush that many of us didn't deserve. Uh, so there was outrage on our part and there was anger as well. You know, we, I think as a society, uh, across the board, we need to understand that, uh, there's a difference between working towards something and struggling towards something. Mm. If you have the same starting point and you can work towards something and achieve that goal, uh, you know, good for you. But if that same, if another person of a different color has to struggle towards something and can't reach that goal, then we need to step back and identify that somewhere in here, there's an injustice. Somewhere in here, there's a reason that this is occurring. And and it's not not just black or white, it's across the board. Uh, On equal playing field with the same amount of effort, we should all be able to reach the same goal. and, and I think we need to look at that. Uh, another thing, you know, as, as this evolved, you know, uh, from the Minneapolis thing is, uh, you know, with the, with the violence, um, the protesting uh, rallies, I'm all for them. Uh, that's, I mean, we took an oath to uh, preserve that right. And it's very important that we allow that to happen. Right. But tragically, the, the, the violence and the destruction that's happened uh, I think we're losing, we're starting to lose the message of, of why we tried to come together in the first place. And that's unfortunate. And I don't want that to happen. We're trying to right a wrong here, or at least make progress. Uh, but that message is being drowned out. The news, the news is now uh, about the destruction, you know, it's glorifying that. And we're going to lose this message. I think it's time to hit the reset button and get back to what started this conversation and move from that point. Thanks, Chief. Uh, Justin, I'd like to hear what you have to, to say in response to that, especially oh, yeah. I, at, at the end there on the on the protests and, and, and mm-hmm. keeping the message the message. What what would you say to that? Yep, perfect, thank you. Uh, yeah, I completely agree with him. Uh, Dana has seen me on the front line advocating for both both sides. And and he's, he's like I said, he's told me again, we, we want you guys out here, but when it comes to destroying property, that's when we're going to have to move in. We can't allow that to take place. Um, so yeah, I agree. That's w- one of the things I continue to tell the youth and the protesters that are in, in the evening hours is like, you guys are a lot at this space. You, you're going to be able to sit and, and sit and peacefully assemble and go past this curfew, but you can't damage property. Um, so right now, I'm, I'm hearing a lot of black leadership arising. And this, this is the most beautiful thing in our community right now is I'm seeing people my age and the youth arising to leadership. And um, yes. they, they want at the table, Dana. They, they want to communicate with you. I know people that are involved with, you know, let's be honest, they are dealing drugs to make ends meet. They are gangbanging because they want community. They want fraternity. Like that's, that's, that's all that gang is a fraternity. They want a family. They want a brotherhood. They want somebody they can rely on because a lot of them, their parents are incarcerated. Their parents have been jailed, you know, because of past injustices. Let's 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 call it what it is. So, Dana, 
they want to extend the olive branch, but they, they have some real hard words to tell you. And I know you haven't been the police chief since for very long. And I know some of these injustices were 10 and 20 years ago, but I, I, I they want to be the at the table. They want to communicate and discuss and give you good solutions. And they want you to act on them. Like I said, uh, I know you guys have ambassadors in the community, but they, they really, Dana, they, they, they want a citizens review board. They want a youth citizens review board. And listen to this, Dana. You will, you're going to be able to solve more crime with these, like, I, not just black leadership. I want people from the community on these boards. And you're going to be able to solve murders, crimes, mm. and anything. Because you're going to be able to have those connections in the community because you allow them to be at the table. You've listened to them and you've taken their, their solutions and you've acted upon them. Dana, this is, this is what I'm hearing, man. And I've, I, compl- I created a Facebook post. I told him to make this go viral and, and give your suggestions to him because they are listening and they want solutions. And I, I'm going to charge him to take action. Like Dana, we have such a great momentum right now. We want to work and we want to make sure George Floyd and an incident like that never happens. Again, injustices have happened with the Des Moines police, but let's start here and continue to go forward. One of the things that I've heard you say, uh, Chief Winger, uh, consistently from the moment you took on this leadership uh, role, the mantle of it, the, the responsibility and the weight of it is there's a humility about you. There's a down to earthness about you, which I think oh, is, is refreshing. I know we have a ton absolutely. of police officers who yeah. are part of this church family of multiple races. No, everybody has nothing but respect for you as a leader. And that has everything yeah. to do. I, th- I think that has to do with the word and it's authenticity. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that what you see is what you get is what I hear mm-hmm. uh, from the people who um, are your people are, are your, your, your police that you lead. Uh, when you hear Justin talk about these things, how do you respond to that? Is, is, what, what, what do you want to see happen from that? What, what, what are the police willing to do? Exactly right. Now, we've had great relationships with the adult leadership, uh, you know, in the black community for years. I mean, Pastor Hurst has been kicked around here for a long time. Uh, <laughs> and you know, you can you can go down the list. The Wayne Fords, the AKOs. Uh, I mean, the list goes on and on. Uh, Reverend Lewis was one of our chaplains. Uh, great man. Uh, what I think my focus and Justin touched on it earlier is uh, we need to get the youth. Mm-hmm. And we had a discussion. Uh, it was shortly after the first year about starting. Uh, uh, I don't know what we'd call it, but like a, a youth council or a youth advisory board where. Uh, where they get around the table and and we talk all things uh, police work. We might talk about, uh, you know, operational things. We might talk about policy things. But get the youth thinking about that, getting them to understand that, but also getting their feedback from that. You know, this is how what our policy reads and this is why. What do you think about that? Mm-hmm. And and get that feedback because, uh you know, there, there are some people in our community that are loud, uh, that have never really accomplished anything, have never really moved that needle. Uh, but our youth have an opportunity to do that. Uh, and I think Justin's right. I think they have that desire to do that. They have that passion to do that. 
Uh, and that's, I think, where where our focus needs to be as an organization. We can uh, we can make progress. Pro- progress is easy if if everybody comes together. Uh, but it's the distractions, it's the naysayers. We got to kind of push that out and 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 plug ahead. Like I said before, sometimes you sometimes you need a reset in order to move forward. Well, yesterday uh, we got a reset here at the police station, and you know this is you know you talk about you know Christ centered and 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 doing God's doing God's work. Uh, so the front page of the Register today has uh, uh, two of our most senior detectives on the front page. They were commissioned to you know, guard line at the police station to make sure, you know, nothing happened to the police station. Uh, Franklin Irvin, who's African-American, and Jack Camrick, uh, uh, who's white. And there's a picture on the front page of the police station as they're guarding the line with several other officers. Uh, uh, they went to a knee and they're together and they're praying and they're praying out loud. Jesus. Wow. The protesters across the street saw that happen mm-hmm. and we had uh, uh we had a pastor uh yeah ian rowhouse happened to be there and the protesters asked him they said well are those those two officers are over there praying and this is in front of everybody out in front of the police station and they said if those other officers will take a knee and pray with us we'll go home and he walked over and the officers 25 strong said absolutely and everybody took a knee they got up they thanked us they applauded and they walked away and, and I, I talked to my officers about that and I said you don't know what that means to me and I said chief that's the right thing to do mm-hmm. they said these people are peaceful these people are hurting and that's the least we can do right that's a very proud moment so that was oh, yeah. you know and yesterday last night we got a reset out of the blue, 60, 70 pastors from across the metro area showed up at the police station on the front steps. And we went out there for over an hour and prayed with them, right. you know, mm-hmm. prayed for strength, prayed for patience. We prayed for peace. Uh, we uh, all those we prayed for community. We prayed for the youth. We prayed for the protesters uh, because sometimes you need that reset. And, you know, we've been working, we've been working 20 hour days. And, you know, when I went out there, you know, I was dragging a little bit and that was the inspiration that we needed to say, Hey, we can, we can stay the course. Let's do this. Let's do what we have to do. Let's make sure we do it the right way. But that prayer was our reset. And I think people undervalue the importance of that sometimes. Amen. Chief, the, the, the heart of the matter. I mean, if we're going to get right down to the heart of the matter, we're going to end up talking about these things. And this is, gets back to Michael. Come on. It gets back to love. The, the word that you yes. brought up earlier, there, the, the love that God has for us inspires us to, to love. It inspires you to be peacemakers. Jesus first sermon, one of the first words out of his mouth, yes. according to Matthew chapter five is blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed yes. are the ones who are um, standing in the gap. Uh, like, like the two of you are, uh, Chief and Justin, Justin, I know you're doing the same. You're 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 a go-between 
a lot of times. It's exhausting for you. It's got to be exhausting for you and your your the police officers I know in our church family have told me how exhausting it is for them. I, I say how I check in with them. I say how are you doing? How can I pray for you? And every single one of them says, "I'm tired, but this is our mission. This is what we do. This is we're we're going to protect the protesters. We're going to give them we're going to give them voice." Uh, we're going to give them space. This is and why not just that protect the police too. Like, yeah, like the kids just want to protest and we have, and I can tell you, I've been out there the last two, three, two nights and 90% of them, 95% of them want just to be there and take space up and be heard. Yep. And then we have instigators and we've, as the, some of our black leaders and there's white ones out there, Dana. So yeah, at the police force, we do have white guys out there protesting, not protesting, but trying to keep the peace yep. um, and be aware of that too. So some of them are pretty youthful. Um, but we are actively out trying to keep the peace. We're pointing out the instigators. Last night, we just went in and just said, you guys want to be here? Please yourself. I said, I don't want to see another bottle. And, and that's another thing. You guys have been very patient and understanding. I've seen bottles fly at you guys in rocks, but I, it's, it's been a good blessing that I can say, hold on, let me get them and we can check them and then continue to go on. So I'm, I'm thankful for your guys' patience and allowing us to intercede between you guys and letting, letting us come at the table and negotiate like extensions of time and, and, and so forth. So I, it's, it's been really good. And like Dana said, like, let's, let's keep the damage down and the tearing up the property, let them have their space, let them voice their concerns. And yeah, I mean, I'm tired for sure. We, we hear a lot in the news about um, some of the peaceful protests being taken over by folks who have ulterior motives that maybe don't care at all about uh, racial injustice could could right. just want to take advantage of the situation uh, to further their own cause, their own ideology, whether it's right. extreme on the left or extreme on the right or who knows what. I mean, there's rumors about everything floating around. Uh, and, and I know that we don't know everything, even for those of you who are on the front lines, but I'm sure you've all seen that. Um, I, I've seen the, the times I've been downtown and, 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 and present for these things. I, you, can, you can feel it. You can see it. You can hear it uh, in, in, the rhetoric, in the rhetoric, the, the language. What would you say about that? How, how big of an issue is that? And also, how important is it for people who are observing this and want to just lump everybody all together mm. to realize that there's a difference between people who are crying out for racial justice and those who are using this um, to further some hate-filled ideology. Yeah, so I can, I'll, I'll jump on that one because uh, you nailed it. And Justin's seen it firsthand. So uh, the folks that were outside the police station last night, the first group, and it was, uh, it was roughly, I don't know, what do you think, Justin, four or 500 strong yep, uh, when right. it started. Uh, yep. And shortly into that, that group separated. Uh, and Justin remained with the folks that, that were at the police station. Dana, sorry to interrupt yes. you, but you know why they separated? Because the first group was actually communicating with you guys. Yes, and discussing I know. And yeah, and, and the difference between those two groups were uh, the ones that actually, that actually wanted to have their voices heard uh, and have a peaceful protest remained at the police station. The other group was organized by, just as you said, Pastor, uh, that that is an organization that has nothing to do with justice or equity. That is an organization. It's organized from outside of Des Moines. Most of those folks are, uh, are white, white dudes who do not live in Des Moines. 
and do not care about Des Moines. Uh, and and their Thank their you, message is Thank destruction. There's there's no two ways about it because we know we recognize the people from Des Moines, and we know the people from Des Moines. And that group that remained at the station, uh, you know, it was spirited. I'll give them that. Uh, they they wanted their voices heard, and that's fine. But at the end of that, you know, when curfew came and went, and you know, we we allowed that space, we allowed that voice. At the end of that, the gate, the fence between the officers uh, and and the protesters that were there, the officers are leaning on the gate, the protesters leaning on the gate, and they're talking. There was an officer sitting on the grass right right by the police sign, uh, talking to three kids there. Sergeant Rod Santizo, who was an SRO at East Hides, off to the side with four or five former students of his. You know, it it, it looked like a picnic at the end. Uh, but the group that had separated had a totally different motive and it had nothing to do with what happened in Minneapolis and their message was not justice and equity. They were looking, they were looking for a fight. Right. And, and that's, that's the disturbing part of it. Uh, yeah. But you're absolutely right. The, what we're seeing here, the good people, of, the people of Des Moines, uh, the protesters from Des Moines are not going to tear up the city of Des Moines. That's not their motive. I mean, this is their home. Uh, and and they know that there's a right way to do things and a wrong way to do things. They have agitators in that crowd that do not belong to this community uh, that are kind of driving driving that train at this point. And we saw that, that separation last night. And and it was it, it was painfully obvious to everybody. Thanks for that uh, insight, Chief. Michael Hurst, I want to give you a, a, a way in to add your two cents to this part of the conversation, but I want to frame it with a question. I know you've been heavily involved and still are uh, in being a positive influence for youth. Uh, You've, you've uh, been in our schools uh, all throughout the community. You have uh, showed up in mighty and powerful ways, uh, bringing the light of God's love into these places and bringing hope. Uh, into into places where there's only despair. God has used you to transform lives. Um, it, it it hits me on my heart. I just preached this weekend mm-hmm. to our youth, and mm-hmm. I let the adults listen if they wanted to. But uh, Emily leads our student ministries here, and there were 608 eighth graders who confirmed their faith in Jesus Christ this weekend after three years of confirmation instruction. Mm-hmm. And I told him, I said, I'm sorry my generation has has pass this on to you. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry my generation has failed. I'm sorry that we haven't been able to bring uh, justice that leads to the peace, that leads to the healing, uh, instead of seeing it the other way around. I- I'm sorry that we've left you this mess. I said, you're the ones who are going to have to be wise enough uh, to do this. And, and, and that part of that wisdom, Michael, is I think mm-hmm. when you're down there protesting, which is a just thing to do, which is a righteous thing to do, that you're able to discern the difference between the just cause and those who are there with motives that are dark, uh, that, that are going to ultimately uh, hurt, hurt the good cause, hurt, hurt the cause for justice. Uh, and on that, we do have a specific question for you just to keep on our outline okay. here. Yeah, so yeah. here it comes. So what must happen to bring about the justice that leads to peace? Oh, boy. Okay, you know, you, you know, I thought about that, and 
I played with it a little bit. And that's why I came up with the Just Us. But when you get to the peace part and, and, and um, Chief, it, you, everybody can hear your heart. You want to work. And, and Justin, we can work together. Okay. I think that part is good. But then you got to get to the peace part. And this is where the politicians and everybody got to come together. Because I did a little thing with peace. I did it different. No peace. P-I-E-C-E. African-Americans are not getting the right piece of the American dream. Mm -hmm. And when you're not getting the right piece of the American dream and you're getting injustice, this is what you get. Mm -hmm. So not only, uh, Chief and Justin, you know, I feel that you two can put them together and do what we need to do. But after that, you know, we got to make sure they have educational opportunities, employment opportunities. You know, they have to have, uh, okay, everybody can't go to college. Why don't we come up with a great carpentry program, plumbing program, electrician? Give them a piece of the American pie. Now, I don't know about any of you, but when I got a pocket full of money, a tank full of gas, and a refrigerator full of food, I'm pretty peaceful. So if you give them a piece of the American dream, and it's not just us, it's all of us, then that no would turn into a yes. So, I mean, I want us to address it all, okay? You know, I just don't want to do the police. And no, let's do the whole enchilada. So even after we do that, we have to come up with stuff to make sure as the youth come up, they get a piece of the American dream. I'm at peace because I got a piece of the American dream. Let's give them the same opportunity to get the same piece of the American. I'm from the inner city. I'm from the hood. I done fought police. I, you know, I've done that, but look at me now. It's because I got an opportunity to experience the love and acceptance of Jesus Christ. And this is where I am today. So uh, let's do it all. Let's give them, you know, hope. No pun intended. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're, we're, uh, we're, we're big on that. That, that is for sure. Uh, Chief, I want to throw it back to you for a second on that. You know, I, you, you already talked about that moment, which I really think was a holy moment. Um, and you, you and uh, fellow police officers took a knee. But if I'm not mistaken, the protesters on the other side of the street were also down on a knee at the same time. And, and so that, that mutual humility... Say just a little bit more about the why behind the what. So we, we, we've heard you talk about what happened, and you, you did talk uh, about how that was really a, an important moment, uh, a, a restart or a redo, I think, to paraphrase what you were saying. But why did the Des Moines police kneel during those protests on Sunday night? What was the thinking there? What, be, because you had a decision to make. I'd I just like to kind of get underneath that just a little bit more so that people can hear your heart. So the, the protest that night, uh, uh, that was a relatively peaceful group. Uh, they were vocal. Uh, they had hurt. They had uh, some frustration. They had anger. They had si- uh, sadness. Uh, but the, the reason behind taking a knee, uh, both on their part and on our part, is simply because deep down we're not, we're not that different. And we recognize that. And therefore, you do the right thing. And that was absolutely the right thing to do 
at that moment uh, because we're not that different. Their hurt and their anger is the same as our hurt and our anger on this particular issue. And it's just a matter between right and wrong and doing the right thing. Uh, like I say, I didn't, there were no orders given on my part. Uh, that had no, that had very little to do with me. That's human beings <laughs> respecting the feelings and thoughts of other human beings and doing the right thing. So, uh, I mean, so, something so simple, uh, if everybody, if, if, if we would all as a society uh, just respect other people's feelings and be kind and do the right thing. Uh, that's a great starting point for progress. We weren't trying to make CNN. We weren't trying to make the front page of the Des Moines Re Register. We were simply trying to do the right thing. Mm. Well said. Uh, there's, there is a, I, I said at the beginning that we want to have Christ-centered conversations here unapologetically. Sometimes the best Christ-centered conversations are the ones that we don't even realize that we're having them that way. Yeah. I mean, the, it just is who we are. Mm -hmm. It's how we live out our faith. And I do not mean to suggest that anybody's a perfect saint or that we've got all this down perfectly. No one does. Uh, thank God for grace and for mercy. Mm -hmm. But that said, uh, God needs um, some faithful people to to like we're hearing from the three of you today, to rise up and to be his church, and to be his followers, and to let your light shine, and to reflect the light of that love. And underneath it all isn't just what we do, but it's why. It's it's the motivation for it mm -hmm. uh, beneath it. What What is it? Uh, Emily has uh, one final question, the, the mm -hmm. fifth question. And Michael, I want to start with you on this, and we'll go to Justin. And, and Chief, you can chime in too. Yeah. So what can Christians do or not do or say or not say to make a positive difference? Pastor Hurst, what uh, wow. what do you think? Come on, just 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 go ahead and fix that for us. You know, you know, it, you know, that's just easy. There's Jew nor Greek, male nor female, bond nor free. Mm. We're all one in Christ Jesus. One. You know, we are all the same body, but the Bible says, but there's many members to that body. So what we need to do is realize is that we're all in this together. And if black and white and brown come together and let justice roll down like waters yes. and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream, then people will much rather see a sermon than hear one. A lot of the times when I meet people, they find out later on that I'm really a pastor because I really do try to meet people where they are. And that's what we need to do. I think uh, Chief said it so eloquently respect each other, just be kind and be nice as human beings. You don't even have to get to the Christian part, but respect me as a human being. Mm -hmm. And if you do that and, you know, we continue and they see that we can have an honest, tough conversation like this and that we really want the best for all humanity. The Bible says love covers a multitude of sin. Thank you, Michael. Justin, I know uh, that God's love for you is central to who you are. What, what, how does that motivate you? What, what, what difference does it make? And, and what would you add to what Pastor Hurst is saying there? How, what can Christians do or, or say, or what should we, right. what should we, what should we not do or not say? Um, well, let me start off by saying that um, the silence in the Christian group uh, really forced me into the desert the last few years. Yeah, um, questioning. Who is the church? What is the church? Um, 
yeah, like it really, it really put me in a dark per- a period of time. Um, just questioning like a lot of my Christian conservative friends, a lot of my white uh, Christian friends, just like, I'm your best friend and I'm crying out about injustices and you guys are silent. Yep. And, and not only that, you know, that I'm the most God fearing man, peace loving man. And I love, I love government structures. I study government structures. So, you know, I'm not an anarchist, you know, that I will work within the system to do it the right way, but you guys are still remain silent. Mm-hmm. Um, so that has really hurt me. So here's some, some real solutions and I'm gonna give it to you raw. I'm sorry. That's the way we like it. They are. Yep. Uh, get out of your comfortability zone, get out of your sphere, yep. um, meet some black people, yep. learn some experiences. Um, don't, don't question people's experiences. Listen, learn. Um, and then the next thing, speak up. Uh, don't let a day of injustice or racism be spoken in your presence. You have to check it and call it in and correct it and then empower that person to do the same thing that you're doing. Um, and then next, just educate yourself on the black and black culture and the black experience. Again, our, our schools have done this country a, a disservice on not teaching black history and I think with that history, you you can be more you can empathize and sympathize and then you will learn what you can do. Um, uh, historically, white Christians have been on the, the front line for civil rights throughout the creation of this civil civilization. That's right. White Christians were the one that ends slavery. You know, like the man that w- wrote Amazing Grace was a white Christian who's seen the light. Yep. Um, there were two Catholic priests during the civil rights movement yeah. that were white that died. That's really what led to the outcry of enough is enough. So uh, if you guys want to see a change, you have to come to the front line, lock arms with us and, and March. Um, that's, that's, that's the only thing way the things that can be done, but then also I'm a, I'm gonna just do it again. Support black businesses. Yes. Um, as you know, we have institutionalized racism. So if I go to a bank, I'm not going to get a loan. And if I do get a loan, they're going to give me a higher rate. Hmm. So when I say support black businesses, look them out, search them out, support them, and also tip them well because that influ- that infusion of cash will help them continue to grow. Because again, some can get a loan, some can't. And if they do get a loan, it's going to be at a higher rate. So hmm. sorry, I'm all over and and Mike, we can continue this conversation. I hope we continue to uh, to have this conversation because there's so much that can be done, and I can't just give it to you in a few snips. No, this 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 is to get the ball that ball rolling yeah. again, and yes, th- this conversation has to keep going, and not just between mm-hmm. the five of us and everybody who's tuning in, but it has right. to keep going in our community. I love what you said. Get to know some people who are black, right, Chief? Uh, Chief Chief's, Chief's got a testimony. He's, you can see yeah, he's, yeah. he's in the congregation. He's on, ready to Dana. testify. Yeah. Oh, Come Chief on, is ready. I told you. He raises hand everything. Preach it. Oh, <laughs> Chief. I have to weigh in on this question, you know, about, you know, what can we do, you know, with the Christianity? And my biggest thing, and, and we've kind of seen a cultural shift in our organization, is quit hiding from it. Ooh. Ooh, come on. You don't have yes, to hide sir. from it. Yes, uh, Chief. And even in a, a police department, a government organization, we don't hide from it. Uh, in fact, I can't reach it. It's just out of reach, but I have a Bible on my desk. Everybody that comes through my office knows I have a Bible on my desk. 
That doesn't make me the perfect person, but it gives me it, it gives me a reset when I need it. I have a book that I keep right by my computer uh, that someone sent me that I write uh, quotes in every day that I hear or something that I see or something that says to me, and it says, send it up to God. Mm-hmm. Anybody that comes to my office sees that. I'm not ashamed of that. I'm not afraid of that. When the opportunity to comes to talk about your faith with someone else, go ahead and have that conversation. It's okay. It's okay to be faithful. It doesn't make you weak. It makes you strong. We, When we have graduation ceremonies for recruits, we pray at those ceremonies. Uh, that's okay. Our legal department may not like it all the time, but you know what? I think it's the right thing to do. I'd rather ask for forgiveness and permission. But don't hide from your faith. When you have an opportunity to talk to somebody, particularly somebody that may not have as strong a faith as you, take advantage of that opportunity. You don't have to fly a flag all day long, you know, saying you're a faithful person, uh, but your actions will show it. And sometimes there's an opportunity to speak to someone and maybe share it with them. So my, my statement here is let's not hide from our faith. I tell you what, Dana. If if this police gig doesn't work out for you, you should consider <laughs> yeah, you, you should consider <laughs> preaching. That's, that's that's not bad. That's no. not bad at all. Actually, the only reason I agreed to do this is because I wanted to hear Pastor Hurst talk about the Spirit. Because I, <laughs> I get every time. <laughs> you you have always been uh, uh, above and beyond for the church, and I I know you have for. Pastor Hurst Church, for our church, for all the churches in this community, and we are most appreciative. We consider that a partnership, too. That, that is, That's absolutely essential and important. So thank you for letting your light shine there, too. You know, yes. Revelation chapter 7, verse 9 says, this is a vision for the future. I looked and behold a great multitude that no one could number. But here's the part I want everyone to hear. What's heaven going to look like? Jesus. A multitude no one could number. Isn't that good news, first mm-hmm. of all? That we're, there are going to be so many people in heaven, we aren't going to be able to count. Mm. Um, even with all of our advanced technology, we won't be able to put a number on it. It's so, so vast. A great multitude that no one could number from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb. That worship in heaven is going to be done in a multiracial, multiethnic, yes. mul- uh, it, uh, 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 diverse way. It will not be... You know, the Lutherans over here and the Baptists over there and the Roman Catholics over there. And the, it, we are going to be together. And it won't be white here and black there and, and Latino here. It, it, it's going to be one. This is my vision, Jesus says, for my followers, that they would be one, John chapter 17. If that's what it's going to be like forever, uh, my, my sense of humor, I think sometimes those who struggle with prejudice or racism the most, God's going to make them roommates with the person for eternity <laughs> that they had the, the they had the biggest issues with just to open their eyes to this. And I want to close um, by saying something to the folks who are listening, who are part of a racial majority in this culture. Uh, and every time I open my mouth and say something about race to the majority culture, I get pushback, which I suppose is a good sign, and I'm okay with that. I'm, I, I want to hear the, the, the yes, I agree, and I want to hear the I don't think that's right. But here's the thing. When somebody says to you black lives matter, it doesn't mean your life doesn't matter. When somebody, when somebody says to you there's such a thing as white privilege, don't take offense. Listen. 
listen for what's beneath that. When somebody says there are systemic issues built into the fabric of our, of our, of our society in this nation, don't get offensive and don't respond and say, yeah, but, and, and, and go on attack. Listen. Listen for the truth in the midst of that. There is privilege. There, black lives do matter. Just let it be. Just, just let it sit at that. Just let it be that. Don't, it, not everything has to go political. Not everything has to turn into a fight. Let it be what it is. And, and, and listen to, to the heart, the why behind the what of what, uh, of what is being said. When, when I say that, when other people say that black lives matter, it doesn't mean that your life doesn't matter. Of course it does. And I know it can get twisted and it can get, anything can get used. Anything good can get used for evil. But I want to be very clear, and I want to publicly say on record again, for the 33rd time this weekend, I want to say that Black Lives Matter, and that there is, there is a need for us to practice humility here. And Pro- let the church say amen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Proverbs 31 says, speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves. Ensure justice for those being crushed. First uh, John chapter one says, "If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us." Michael, you and I were at a meeting of community leaders uh, this weekend, and that's what one of the elderly African American, the wise elderly African American woman who was there, said. I think there needs to be some repentance. I think there needs to be some confession. I, I think bef- I know what yes. we, we all want peace, but sometimes in our rush to fix everything and jump to peace. And, and jump to healing and jump to, hey, you know, we're, we're all one race and we're all together in this. Yes. But to get there, we need to listen and, and we need to humble ourselves and we need to confess and we need to do. My goodness, the fact that the police officers are showing the church how to be the church mm-hmm. by, by, by getting down on a knee and the protesters are showing the church how to be the church by getting down on a knee. Mm-hmm. What is that but a posture of humility? And anybody who thinks that the, a posture of humility is weakness needs to look closer. That is the strongest move anybody can make. Anybody who thinks love is weak needs to look closer. That is the strongest force that we have to bring the justice and the peace and the healing that our world so desperately needs right now. So uh, there is there is hope. Here we are in this COVID nineteen season still. Although I think most of us have forgotten, um, we're 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 in a global pandemic, uh, and right into the middle of that comes this. Everything around us is falling apart. Right. Everything around us is crumbling. So what are we going to do about that? The disciples said to Jesus after Jesus says, are you going to leave too? Are you going to abandon me too? He said, Lord, to whom shall we go? You've got the words of eternal life, new and eternal life. Where do we go to find our hope? I believe that this season of uncertainty that we're in right now, this season of unrest, this season of division is an incredible opportunity for us not to go back to an old normal, to to find that pathway to a new normal. And the only way we're going to do that is together. The only yes. way we're going to find our way there is, is to do that as one. So, Emily, you have been so kind to, to <laughs> let us yap uh, and talk, but I'm going to give you um, the chance to kick off, and, and we're just going to let you do this. Tell us your mic drop moment today. That's the name of our podcast is Mic Drop. And so I always start with Emily and say, what, did, what are we learning here today? What's, what are you going to take out of this conversation? Well, a lot. Uh, I think a lot from all of you. I 
I think this message of we are one is important. And I think at the beginning of this, Mike, you talked about somebody who wanted to figure out what what if that was me or do I need to picture myself in that place? And I think as we talk about this importance of seeing ourselves as one, that I don't need to picture myself in that place. I can picture you in that place. And as a Christian, I'm called to care about you as my neighbor. And so I think perspective is important and, and learning is important. And I've done a lot of that today. I also think uh, that importance of leaning on your faith as I think about some of these things and I hear you talk about it. I The song that we sing, a worship song, Waymaker, comes to my mind. Yeah. God's a waymaker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, miracle worker. Uh, I got to lean on those things. And those things are true for all of us. Um, and so I hear all of you listening and learning from each other. And that gives me a lot of hope today. Me too. Now you all know why Emily's here, right? Uh, <laughs> wisdom, be just incredible. We only have a few minutes left in this hour. Thank you for, for joining us again to all of you. I want to close this way. Uh, I am not social media savvy. I'm there. Um, I, 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 I appreciate the opportunity to connect with people there, especially during this coronavirus season. Um, but I do not. I, somebody had to explain to me what a hashtag was just a year ago just to try to figure that out. But today it's hashtag Blackout Tuesday. Um, and I don't know if you're with that or not with that, or and, and there's controversy around it. It is with anything these days, but here, let's use it for good. So I said before, and I want to I, I speak to everybody, but especially to those of you who look more like me, um, who are a part of a majority race in this country. What if instead of just saying we need to confess, and say, instead of just saying we need to repent, instead of just saying we're going to think about these things and ponder these things, and we're not going to just talk, we're going to walk, as Justin was saying before, we, need, we don't just need words, we need action. Mm-hmm. Uh, what if we closed with a confession? What if we, can, what if we closed with a, with, with a moment of repentance? And so we're going to black out the screen here in just a, a moment. We're going to do it for a minute. Uh, I thought about doing it for eight minutes and 46 seconds for obvious reasons, but um, people are impatient and I'm afraid that they would, they would go. So let's just do a minute. If you want to do eight minutes and 46 seconds later, I would encourage you to do that. But I want you to use this minute to reflect on the God who made you, loves you, but also made your neighbors. Um, And your neighbor, very clear in the story Jesus told of the Good Samaritan, that your neighbor is every other human being on the face of this earth. Mm -hmm. That it is not... Uh, just people who look like you or live in your particular zip code or, 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 or see the world the way you do or vote the way you do. Here it is Voting Tuesday, right? What if we realize that we can have unity with people we disagree with? Mm-hmm. What if in Christ, what if, what if we realize that that starts by confessing? Hear it again. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. Scripture, truth. But if we confess our sins, God is faithful and just and will forgive our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. So um, let's take a knee. I mean, physically, if you want to do that later, that's fine. I can't hear because of the physical setup. But let's take a knee. Let's, let's humble ourselves before a holy God, the chief of police, community activist, a, um, a, a pastor who has been in a positive light for this community for decades, uh, Emily, you, me, everybody else who's with us, let's uh, black out the screen and let's think about the things that are of God and ultimately know there is this God and this God loves you and this God loves all. 
let's confess our sins before this holy God and let's repent and let's humble ourselves so that we can be made right. Let us pray. Gracious Lord God, we uh, pray that you would uh, soften our hearts, that you would harden our feet, that we would do the work of justice that leads to peace, that leads to healing, that you would hear our confession, that you would hear our repentance, that um, you would humble us where we need to be humbled, that you would open our ears where we need to listen, that you would open our eyes where we need to see, that you would lead us, God. We're tired. Look at these men who are here today. They're weary. They're tired because they're fighting the good fight. God, uh, bless them. Bless all who are these peacemakers, those that your son calls blessed. And uh, inspire more. Inspire more of us to rise up and to be your church and to be your light that shines into this darkness. God, turn this minute of silence into a holy moment for us. Turn that holy moment into holy days. Turn those holy days into change, the change that needs to come to bring justice, to bring peace, to bring healing. In Jesus' name we pray, and all God's people say, amen. Amen. Thank you, Emily. Thank you, Michael. Thank you, Dana. Thank you, Justin. I really, really appreciate the conversation. Let's keep it going, church. Let's keep it going. Continue to let your light shine, and we will see you again. Next week on the Pastor Mike Dana, I will see you guys out there tonight. All right. Thanks, Justin. Yeah, no problem. Bye, everyone. Yeah. God bless you guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Love you all. Hey, everyone. Thanks for tuning in today to the Pastor Mike Drop podcast. We would invite you on whatever app you are on to rate and review us to help get the word out. And in the meantime, if you can join us for worship, we would love to have you. We'll see you there. I'm the typical